It's episode two of TJ and Omo's Wild Rift podcast. Last week we were just getting started, Omo, and we had, you know, like a qualifier. We have so many qualifiers this week. We've got a patch this week. We're overflowing with stuff to talk about. Well, you might be, but uh, I'm still waiting for WCS to start here. I was tuning in. You had like six different qualifiers for WCS. <laughs> what do you mean? You you had more games now than you will once WCS starts. Okay, that's a fair point. But the problem now is with streaming and broadcasting. And 90% of the matches were not streamed or broadcasted. Vietnam did, did their own broadcast of the qualifiers. I co-streamed one day and then I got lazy and I'm on holiday and I couldn't be asked and I realized that no one cared about <laughs> Vietnam anyway because the people who were interested in that were just watching the Vietnamese stream. And I only got permission to co-stream this one and the Singapore-Malaysia one. So that means the Indonesia, Thailand, as well as Philippines qualifiers were not broadcasted at all. So no one has any idea of like what happened in those matches. It's really cool. You're going to come out swinging for that one i'm very excited um let's touch on that in a bit i want to first i want to first yeah. talk about the patch notes because i feel like it's a good topper show uh of course we did see a patch it was patch 3.0 a they learned from their mistake last time they released patch 3.0 and everyone yelled at them because they were like 3.0 <laughs> should be a big patch so this time they didn't even put the number up <laughs> it's 3.0 a and that's i think fair they buffed some people lots of nerfs they changed some items uh did anything catch your eye Honestly, I think all of the changes here are perfectly fair. Nothing really game-breaking. The champions that are a little bit strong got tapped a bit. The champions that are a bit weak got a bit of love, but I don't think it's anything that will shake up the meta significantly. I'll tell you what, uh, set is still a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They turned I think his so. numbers down like by five, and he's still just terrifying. Yeah, I mean, the really strong champs that I think we'll see a lot of in competitive are going to be Jace. Of course, Lee Sin, Set. Uh, I think those are the big ones that got tapped in this patch. Oh, Camille as well. But I don't think any of these number changes are going to be significant enough to really push them out of pro play favor. I'll tell you what will, I think, push a character out of pro play, though. I do think the adjustments they made to Vayne are actually quite significant. On her silver yeah. bolts, they took the active healing down from 60% of damage dealt to 40% of damage dealt, which is a big slap. And they raised the cooldown significantly by like two seconds as well. And Vayne has been like drifting in and out of the meta. Actually, your match of the week that you brought this week does feature a Vayne. And she's yeah. played in these like turbo carry lanes. And I feel like we've just seen that kind of get knocked out of meta. I'm going to be honest with you, TJ. I'm going to say something really dumb right now. I didn't know that Silver Boats had an active, which is something I'm only <laughs> learning now. And the best part is I've played Vayne in, in Wild Rift. And I never knew that I could Did press you just w. not? No, I didn't. You just never touched the bus? Well, I've only played it like once or twice. So I've never, it's never Did you win to the games? So. <laughs> Did you win the games? I won one of those games, which we take. We Incredible. Take <laughs> I, I have like five years of like anyway. conditioning to not click W on V. So. You, yeah, you coached League of Legends down. PC. You coached League of Legends PC. But you never clicked W. It was your job. W didn't have that, doesn't have an active in PC. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it do be difficult is... sometimes, TJ, to read. Do you think we're going to see Vayne in competitive? Honestly, I feel like Vayne is such a niche champ that in situations where you would pick her, 
this nerf wouldn't make you say, okay, we're not going to pick Vayne because 20% of her healing is gone. It's just when the niche is there, Vayne is still going to get picked. And that's my impression of all of these champs. Like, they're not going to, they're going to be a little bit marginally weaker in their roles, but wherever they, they would get picked initially, they would still get picked. I'm going to disagree with you on the vein, but that might be because I'm... You think no vein? I'm working in North America where people really like to pick vein Lulu and just slap that in like any team composition. Um, <laughs> and I yeah. feel like that's been working because vein kind of functions as a weird drain tank when you get her big enough. Uh, and and that True. won't work. That is fair. Her numbers were a bit... It's, all of these nerfs are good for the solo queue because it gets like slightly slightly better in solo queue. I, I cast and I watch like human regions, so like Vayne is a very niche champ in those regions. I think the argument that you make like for where people would just slap Vayne Lulu and champions like that, I think that is going to get hit. Yeah, for sure. You're right about that. I'll tell you about three characters that didn't really need buffs, but did get buffs. Uh, Katarina, Draven, and Amumu. Okay. I'm a big, I'm actually yes. a big Amumu fan. He's my go-to jungler. I love just walking up to people and microwaving him. Have you played with the new bandages? <laughs> Is it the double charge bandage or do you mean the newest patch? Because I haven't well, played with Well, he already had double charge bandage. Yeah, he already yeah, had double charge bandage. This patch, it. those bandages are now as big as my phone screen. TJ, can, you know if what? If I can see it on my screen, I can bandage to it. This actually makes me think that Amumu's support might get picked a little bit more. I've already been playing I, I don't know. Chief. I just think Amumu's... <laughs> I think it's just such a crap jungler. I'm going to be honest with you. But maybe as a support, this could help. Any place where you would pick Ramus, Amumu is a better pick. And this, these bandages well, just... <laughs> there's only... nowhere I would pick Ramus in competitive. Now that's why you don't see very much Amumu. But if you need AoE CC... To deal with something like Katarina in your solo queue games, I do recommend Amumu. Good fun. Um, or Set, Gragas. I don't want to play Set or Gragas. I want a button I can push that makes everyone in a quarter mile radius have to stop and think about what they've done. Galio. Galio's W you, does that. You don't even need to auto attack people on Amumu. You just walk at them and they take damage from your presence. <laughs> that is true. That is the the. Biggest selling point of a movie. I could take my right hand off of my phone and just play with my left thumb. <laughs> that is the appeal of a move. I agree. That's the only appeal, though. Um, how do you feel about Katarina's ultimate getting 20% more AP? Yeah, I I have such a distaste, distaste for this champion. Um, I think it's crap. I think anyone that plays it is ELO inflated. And I think it's still never going to see competitive play. So it's going to be a solo cube nightmare, and that's it. As usual. As Katarina always is. Spoken like a man who doesn't have to cast North America. <laughs> I think I would actually get an aneurysm if I did. Well, I, I think North American... There was a period during the last season where North American players were like... It was, it was when Summoner Series was at its most, this is just solo queue that I'm watching. Um, and during yeah. that period, there was a time where North American players really thought the Katarina was the sick mid, mid that everyone needed to play. Um, but I cannot. I, cannot I agree with you. I don't think she's going to see any competitive <laughs> play, even in North America, where people have yeah. improved tremendously. Uh, I think the one buff here that will actually really affect people is that aforementioned Draven buff. He got some pretty uh, serious number buff on his Whirling Death. Um, so yes. that's 20% more AD. Do you think that'll 
pull him in. That's, of course, his ultimate, uh, which previously was pretty ignorable. That's 20% more AD on a full AD character is going to equal out to some pretty serious damage well, on his ultimate. I think the problem with Draven is my argument for this is much the same as many of those champions, many of the other champions on this list, which is if you were a Draven player before, you are going to love this buff. But if you weren't a Draven player before, this buff is not going to make you say, it's time for me to play like 200 games of Draven and get really good at this champ so that I can make use of this extra 20% AD buff on my out. Like, Draven is still such a difficult champ to play that I doubt most people would pull it out. Here's a here's a question, though. In a meta where Vayne just got tuned down ever so slightly, and Draven just got tuned up ever so slightly, yeah. is there a chance that we see Draven take some of those niche spots in games where you need a just hyper-carry, hard AD backline threat? Um, possibly, but I would say it's more likely that we see more Draven picked into Vayne. So any spots where people end up picking Vayne, especially Ooh. when it's not a Vayne angle. So let's say like I'm drafting a three beefy boys. So in my first three picks, I take like Sat and like two other beefy boys. Galio, Sat, Galio, something like that, right? And then you pick Vayne to counter me. And then I 4P a, 4P a Draven or 5P a Draven. Now that would be a really good spot for Draven now. Sure. I, I do think that Ezreal needs to slide up the AD carry tier list. That's my personal opinion after playing this week on, on the most recent patch with his new Mystic shot. Well, with Vayne being nerfed, that's a very real possibility. It's one of his worst matchups, and she mm -hmm. just got nerfed. So he, mm -hmm. Ezreal players and TJ would be very happy about that one. But Draven did just get I buffed. I play Ezreal. Pretty... <laughs> Ezreal enjoyer. Yeah, I just enjoy looking at him when my teammate. <laughs> I hate it. They always just never auto-attack. It's such a plague. True. <laughs> they sit at the very back, and then the one time they ever do anything aggressive... It's an it's a arcane shift over the wall into like a Leona, and yeah. it's the only time they've done anything aggressive the entire game. And it's just like, why? <laughs> Missing pig. To to give you a bit of a, a bit of a preview, that actually happens hate, no, in the game gonna, that we're about we're to watch. We're gonna talk about this for a second. Why in this okay. game did they change the missing ping from being a perfectly good question mark that you can flame people with to being like a helmet with a line through? Oh. I actually never knew that. I never used missing in my in my entire life. I actually never knew that. Yeah, I only use engage the enemy and on my way. That's it. And retreat, I guess, those three. Because like you don't need missing anymore with retreat existing in the game. That's such a good replacement. When you when you're when you're clearing your rip buff and your top laner dies in lane, you just exclamation mark his body like three times. You see? You gotta adapt, improvise, and overcome, teacher. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what kills me, though, is that the missing pig is, like, buried in a sub-menu behind another menu. And so when somebody missing pings me anyway, despite yeah. it being so hard for them to get to, and also <laughs> not intuitively communicating the thing that I know they're communicating, it's incredible. Yeah. It's so much more effective because of how much work they had to put into it. Well, when you put it this way, maybe I gotta go look for it now. On the on the NA server, people are so fast at pulling that missing pig out. All the cowboys that used to live on the west coast of California, they've evolved <laughs> with the times, and now they're just quick draw on the missing pig. Jesus, <laughs> maybe they rebinded it somewhere. I don't know if that's a that's a thing you could do, but maybe. I think you can. But let's be real, anyone who's missing ping in my perfect play, they're not smart enough to rebind, you know? Oh yeah, true. <laughs> Fair shot. Um, we also got some item changes, and I, I was thinking about this. I think most of the time, 
and this is like the the Galaxy Brain esports commentator take. When I was a when I was a simple player who played video games to enjoy them, I used to not think that item changes mattered very much, and I was very excited about character buffs and character nerfs. I actually think I'm more excited yeah. to like get to this section with the items. I like scroll past all the character changes as quick as I can because I don't really care. And I want to I want to know what items are changing because I feel like that has broader impacts on the on the game. Yes, yes. Um, I really like the Edge of Night nerf to incentivize assassins to stop being such little babies, buying health and spell shield, and just going for Ghostblade. I think that's good. That's a good change. Um, so they did that to made Edge of Night a more defensive item. The one that really yes. caught my eye uh, was the Archangel Staff nerf. Uh, and I was talking about this with the front. Basically, they made it objectively worse. Uh, the shield on Seraph's Embrace, which is the evolved form of Archangel Staff, got hit for uh, 50 shield uh, HP, which is quite significant. Um, and the ability haste yes. on both versions, Archangel Staff and Seraph's Embrace, got hit by 5 which is also quite significant. So I was yeah. talking to a friend about this, and I was like, man, the problem is there, there are like two starting items for mages right now. And you're either building Rod of Ages or you're yes. building Seraph's Embrace. And this nerf means that I will go from building Seraph's uh, Archangel Staff on every character that I play AP back to building Rod of Ages on every character that I play AP. And I don't think they've actually increased build diversity. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but as a player, I also highly value having ROA and having my mid laner buy ROA. I think it's just so much better, like it spikes so much harder, and having the extra health is always nice. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think the AP ratios on the mana scaling are actually quite good for Seraph's Embrace, yeah. and they haven't hit those, so maybe we'll still see at pro level some diversity. Um, but it's it's odd, right? Level, because it never. I'm just slamming one item over and over again. Yeah, and that's fair. But it's never occurred to me that archangels and seraphs were broken or close to being broken, and the champions that built them, I would never consider broken as well. So why they tapped it I'm down a, a little bit? I I don't know. You you think it was really overpowered or like? No, I'd think that the some of the characters who were building it were mm -hmm. the Ziggs and the Morgana that have come into yeah. bottom lane and made our top 80 carry list last week. <laughs> and it's obviously they're, they're a little overpowered compared to AD carries right now. And yeah. if you are looking at it from, I think, the perspective they are looking through these champion changes, which is damage in this game is a little high and we'd like to tap it down a bit, uh, then it makes sense to just hit AD carries a bit, or, or AP carries, sorry. Actually... I think the only one that really suffers from this nerf is Ziggs. Because every other AP carry, Morgana, Orianna, anything else along those lines, they're very happy buying ROA because their range is short enough that it's justified. But Ziggs is the only one that cares about Archangel stuff being nerfed, I think. So if this nerf uh, really just targets Ziggs, then that's fair. Because that champ is just disgusting. It, I do think it hurts Orianna as well as an Orianna player frequently. <clears throat> um, I'll miss it does, but I think Ar I think Ari is also happy buying ROA. Yeah, as an Oriana player, that is also true. Um, yeah. The Serrated Dirk, just to kind of circle back to that, they <coughs> did change it, so there's a little yeah. more armor penetration in the late game on all of the Serrated Dirk items, uh, which makes me, again, think they're trying to make these AD carries a little bit more carry-y. Wait, more carry-y? Yeah, doing, doing more carrying. This, yeah. I, this, this is just targeted at like, at like Zed, isn't it? 
this this is basically just targeted at Zed and Kha'Zix, I think. Because they're the only ones... Mm. They're the only AD assassins I think exist right now in pro level that I can think of. I'm building Ghostblade. I'm seeing Ghostblade built on most of the oh, AD yeah, on Varus. that do get On Varus, right? But it's just those three champs. It's Varus... Just, it's just uh, Varus, Senna Zed usually and builds it or Umbral Glaive. Oh yeah, yeah the Senna. That is true. Well, Senna has um, alternate build paths though, so I don't think she's really gonna really gonna be upset about this. Well, it's buffed. There's more armor penetrate. So hasn't everyone just been rushing Edge of Night now? Because that item is like kind of broken. Everyone's rushing Edge of Night because Morgana sucks. <laughs> fair, fair. But also because like the the two fifty health is really nice. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing they did was they nerfed Mastermind, which is the rune yes. that gives you a little bit of extra gold every time you kill a, a jungle creep. And they nerfed it quite significantly. So the old gold bonus was 120. It's now 40 gold bonus for killing jungle creeps if you take the Mastermind rune, uh, which is a significant hit to yeah, like um, the turbo farm I jack personally stuff. don't like, have an opinion about this, but I had a group chat talk about it yesterday. Hang on, I'm just trying to. I'm just gonna steal and paraphrase what they said in the group chat and act like I came up with it. Give me twenty seconds to scroll and find it. Okay, so player one said it's such a big nerf. Player two said it's okay. You can take Pathfinder instead. Instead, player one said Pathfinder is also a shit rune. So I guess jungle has just been nerfed. That was it. Well, I I don't remember what they were talking about, so I went back to take a look, and that was it. <laughs> Big enough to jungle. What are we doing, Leonard? That was what I said. <laughs> yeah, but these are pro players. I value their opinion marginally, marginally more than yours, teacher. Just a little bit more. You saw what they were building at Horizon. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I, I mean, actually, genuinely, this is a nerf to what the meta was at Horizon. This is yes. a nerf to all the jungle turbo carries that had been in meta. Um, and I think had drifted away from meta. You still saw some people trying it with, like, Jace and stuff. But I think this is a pretty final nail in the coffin to, like, Fiora jungle and Jax jungle, at least in the context of making those characters your team's carry. I think it hurts, but I don't think it's going to re remove these champions. I think it's the same thing. Where you would play these champions, you would still play these champions. It's just they're a little bit weaker. Well, don't get me wrong. I think that there will still be room for a Jax jungle and a Fiora jungle, but it's going to be much more composition dependent. And the like yeah. band of games that you would play it in has narrowed. And sure. I suspect we'll see more early game carries. We'll see more Lee Sin, more Zin Zhao. Um, and we'll see more tank carries for the late game. Stuff like the Jarvan and the Nunu, which, you know, I love, so uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I think we definitely see more Lee Sin, Zin, and Javan. I think 100% those will, those will be more prominent. Also, they randomly nerfed Barrier and are okay. Yeah, I, I'm happy with that. I hate Barrier. I hate Barrier. I hate everyone who takes Barrier. It's just such a... Can I swear on this podcast? I'm, I was like kind of trying to avoid it, but I'll let you do it like twice per episode. It's such a... Rune, dude. Like, if you take Barrier, especially on an <laughs> Enchanter support, like, if you're playing Sona, Senna, Soraka support, and you take Barrier, dude, just go play Minecraft, man. <laughs> Keeping it all in. Here was my hot take that I I gave Julian uh, pastry time on the um, WNS broadcast. My hot take was, you should never be building Zonyas if you can build Protobelt. Because if you <laughs> Zonyas, you can't play the game anymore. But in League of Legends teamfights on PC, that, that's alright, because the teamfights take approximately the length of an entire Wild Rift game. Yes. But 
in Wild Rift, a game that's played by people under the age of 65, you need to actually be active in team fights. <laughs> and Protobelt lets you dodge skill shots yeah. and still contribute to the team fight, and you can go in. And if you can't dodge the skill shot with Belt, you're probably dead anyway. Okay, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I agree with the direction you're thinking about it, but I think that Jonias fills the same role. Because you don't think of it as like you... It just think The way you should consider it, it's, it's basically an iframe. Like in a fighting game, an iframe, it's, it's the same thing. But it's an eye minute. Well, yeah, the but... Team fight <laughs> over by the time it's done. It also lets you like engage. I, into Zed, sure. Yeah. Into Zed, sure, whatever. Into, like, a normal team comp that can't specifically target a single carry. If you Zonyas, you are killing yourself. The, you, will, you will not be able to contribute damage to the team fight. It will be over by the time you're done. I think if your role is... Um... It's, it's situational, right? Because I, I do agree that Protobelt and Jonias fill a pretty similar role in this game. I think if your role is you're a champion that has the ability to go in already and you don't really need the Protobelt, Jonias can be good because it lets you just like yeet it into like five people and then go golden and you iframe and your team has time to follow up. That's before what, you get that's what Gargoyle Stone played is for. That's what that's for. Yeah, so it, it kind of feels a similar, a similar niche, but like you wouldn't build Gargoyles on. I'm just trying to think what champion this this applies to specifically. Let me think of an example. I, d I dare you to because there are three things that I allow people to build, mm -hmm. and those are Protobelts, Redemption, and Gargoyles. And if you're building anything other than those three, you're a coward. Spooky Ghosts and TP. What, are you not warding? <laughs> <laughs> are we watching the same games no one's warding dude true true yeah i don't know why we're so angry you kept me up late letter oh, i'm, I'm sorry. Just... Yeah, that's on me <laughs> you plugged tj into the microphone after midnight you never know what's gonna happen then that's that's good though it's supposed to be aggressive that's our whole thing we're like what we're edgy yeah what? we're edgy pegro boards <laughs> I, I think you need to change your you need to change your Let's intro music to mcr okay i've got it yeah. um my edgy take this week was that the WNS actually looked quite good. I thought... Wasn't that your take last week? Well, yeah, but then I cast the second phase of the qualifier, yeah. um, and I felt so emboldened by working on that second phase and casting the rest of the WNS yeah. uh, that, like, it's, it's a real take now. It's not just a thing that I think, like, quietly and I'll say in, like, couched language. <laughs> Here it is out loud. I think the WNS is a good region this year. And I don't know if it will convert this year or next Ooh. year. And I, you know, uh, the way that competitive scenes work, it all could all fall apart before international play is seen. But yes. right now, there are a lot of very good teams that are playing Ooh. each other and developing very quickly as teams that are like well, bouncing off well, of each well, other. Well. And I wrote about this in a um. blog post uh, to esportstj.com. But like the typical problem with North America, the typical like, wall that North American esports hits is that you'll get, like, one team who dominates and everyone else just gives up. And that's kind of what happened last yes. year. And yes. the difference is I don't think it fully happened. I think one team was clearly dominating North America. Everyone thought they were better. And then Tribe Gaming got slapped around to International. And of course. instead of accepting that and coming back next year and doing the same thing, every team worked very hard in the offseason and everyone's trying new and interesting things, and the entire top four coming into this upcoming major, coming into this weekend, uh, could win. Like, I, I don't know who will win. I think it is likely Immortals. They are the de facto favorites. But North America has a ton of really good teams right now. And 
provided that continues, provided there doesn't become a dominant favorite in North America, I think we're going to have a very good region. Um, I agree with your sentiment, but I don't agree with all the points. I think they definitely look better than last year, yes. I watched the I watched the finals actually of um what was it Cloud Nine Immortals or something like that was that the one Sentinels versus Immortals um yeah it was one of those um it wasn't that bad it was pretty alright yeah. yeah but and if I you were say to that... say there were yeah go ahead sorry go ahead go ahead um I will say that right now I don't think any of those teams compete internationally like to be clear sure. I'm not saying that if you take Immortals as they are right now and put them internationally they're going to get game win. I think they they can they'll probably be around the same place Tribar, because everyone else is getting better as well, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, they can probably take a game off of. Uh, I think they would beat the SBTC that showed up to Horizon. They would beat the TSM that showed up to Horizon uh, instead of just TJ, taking games off of them. the SBTC. You Bye. know this as well as I do. The SBTC that showed up to Horizon was not SBTC. Exactly. That's where my sentence yeah. is going. But that SPTC will never exist again. That TSM will never yes. exist again because TSM went back to their own region and they're working on their performance and they're going to come to Horizon this year as a much better team or whoever replaces them will come as a much better team. So when I say that I'm excited about North America right now, I am saying that I see the right mechanics working to by the end of the season produce a good team that is competitive with other regions. I'm not saying that... Right now, Immortals are top five in the world, posted <laughs> to the blog. You should, though. If you say that, we'll probably get, like, 20 more clicks on this podcast. You know, I I did make the blog post that was like, I think North America's pretty good this season. And maybe it was because I was, like, a little too... I didn't go for the full clickbait. I didn't say they were going to win Worlds. I said, I thought, I think they're pretty good this season. Yeah. But it didn't... I didn't see, like, people yelling at me on Twitter. I was kind of disappointed. There was no, like, mass outrage or anything. Yeah, you were you were way too measured and reserved in your phrasing. Gotta t- I've got to tell the truth, Leonard. I mean, I'll send it for you. I'll just say, like, TJ says that Immortals will be a playoffs team at Worlds. <laughs> I-, I said it for you. It's tell me your truth, Leonard. What's going on with the um, WECS qualifiers? Yeah, well, uh... I was watching a decent amount of Viet- of the Vietnam games. Like, I was up front last week. I said Singapore-Malaysia. Kind of sucked. Um, there's probably only going to be, like, two decent teams in SGMY. But I was watching the Vietnam qualifiers. And in between the Vietnam qualifiers, during the break time, I was watching the NA finals. And to me, mechanically, these are, like, the bottom five teams in Vietnam. Out of, like, eight, ten teams, these are, like, the bottom four or five teams. I would say, mechanically, these guys are probably better than NA. Um, they might lack a bit in macro. But at least in the early mid-game decision-making, they have they have good ideas. They are doing the right things. What I liked about the Chinese teams, I saw these guys doing kind of as well. They might botch it a little bit more, but they have the right idea. And these are not things that I see existing in any early game aggression, early game dives, pre-four-minute fights. Um, and I feel like the only way NA can surpass even Vietnamese teams. Let not, let's not say like Chinese teams, Korean teams. Even Vietnamese teams, Philippines, these other regions is that any really brush up their mid to late game macro and like try to out outsmart them there. But that's also not something that I see happening. So even though any might improve, how are they going to beat the Asian teams? That's the question that I have to ask. And I don't see an answer for that. Bring it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I tie it back you, together. We did, right? have, we did have Cloud9 um, who took an early game fight almost every game they played and they lost that early game fight <laughs> <laughs> every single time. Okay. And Sentinels who are a very smart team, but not like a... They don't have a lot of firepower, I think, right now. And they're working on it. Their players are clearly getting better at team fighting, but 
they don't have a lot of firepower right now um but they very clearly noticed this and so they were starting all their games versus cloud nine with a level one or a level three plan and uh, yeah. forcing a fight early and so they just fight cloud nine in these early games and cloud nine for whatever reason could not win an early game team fight despite being a really good mid late game team fighting team like i think they're genuinely one of the best team fighting teams in Nor north america if not the best but they could not win these early fights so every game sentinels would challenge them in the first three minutes wipe them in a team fight and then just slowly crush them without ever fighting them again so i don't know what you're talking about we've got early game in spades Okay, I'll have to go and We've watch those games. We've got a team that is capable of losing an entire promising <laughs> draft in the first two minutes. I'll have to go back and watch those games. But I think the question is also just, it's also not just like, are you taking early game fights? It's how are you taking these early game fights and how are you setting yourself yeah. up for success? And I think the Vietnamese teams, and yeah, they might get it wrong sometimes, gonna, but I'm they're asking the right you. questions. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you about that in the specific game you sure. pulled for your match of the week. Well, this one was a shit uh, fest. But I do first want to just... <laughs> I do first want to just acknowledge that, like, this is, if you watched Arena of Valor, Vietnam was an incredibly powerful region. They are still, I believe, the reigning world champions and were for three or four years consecutively because they produced these incredibly mechanically stacked teams. Yeah. And that's Arena of Valor, which is a different game, but they have a thriving ecosystem around Arena of Valor. They've got a full-on league that I believe is franchised. Uh, their players get paid real money and... They're going to, we're going to see the benefits of that system in Wild Rift. So even the tier 3, tier 4 teams in Vietnam have a ton of mechanical talent on them. Um, While I haven't seen that translate over into Vietnam matching the incredibly quick like macro play that the top teams in Arena Valor have, I think we have seen the benefits of just nutty Zoomer fingers. The foundations. In a way well. that yeah. no other Can I ask what might that. be a really stupid question? Um, is V and <laughs> is ROV and AOV the same game? Uh, yes, Realm of Valor and Arena of Valor are the same game by different names. Briefly, cool. Arena of Valor was called Realm of Valor in the West, and then they changed it. Um, it was also called Honor of Kings, which is the westernization of... Oh, I think I don't, I don't remember what the Chinese name of the game is, but it is called Honor of Kings. I, I know uh, what is it the is name in Chinese, for yeah. the game that's very similar to arena of valor but was the first release from tv studio and it's like all its characters are like chinese mythology yeah so it's it's very confusing all the okay. games have been named the same thing as the other game at some point except for pokemon unite <laughs> which is also a reskin of honor of kings with the characters that have exactly the same kits and stuff huh. but that's just called pokemon unite and nothing's ever been called that okay so they play in the same world championships right yes okay cool um, and because the champion right now the is the Thai team. Chinese teams. It's a Thai team, right? It's Buriram United, right? Because I was driving yeah, around Bangkok yesterday and I saw a giant ass signboard with the faces of the players of Buriram United, something something world champions. Yeah. That's it's huge in Thailand as well. Yeah. He, yeah. Insane. Um the the Thai the Thai teams always lose in the finals to the Vietnamese teams. That's right. basically how Arena Valor goes. Okay. Um the the Interesting thing there is that obviously you have Honor of Kings, which is like the huge Chinese edition of this esport, and they were always a little scared to just send a good Honor of Kings team to the Arena of Valor World Finals, because <laughs> I think they decided what? that they would probably just crush, and the game wouldn't be okay. very fun, because the KPL has been like a franchised league, oh. it is by some metrics the biggest esports league in the world, it's huge. Um, 
so they they always send like a university team like a student level chinese team to the uh world finals Seriously? for arena of valor and those teams always do all right. Okay, They're never, like, great, but they certainly always beat North America and Europe. They always, like, place in the middle of the pack. Um, so I have, like, with that as my b basis and experience, yeah. I have, like, this tremendous question hanging over my head about Chinese esports and mobile esports in, a, in Wild Rift, where presumably some of that top talent that plays in the KPL is going to start making the transition. And shouldn't those players just destroy yes. Wild Rift? But we haven't uh, quite seen that yet, I don't think, or at least not to yeah. the extent that I expected. Well, it certainly I, is a factor I don't know in much why about the Chinese the game, teams right? won. Like, I think if you, I don't want to like dive too deep into other games, right? But I think if you use the comparison of MLBB, then I would say like even the best ML teams might not be even decent at Wild Rift because strategic depth is just lacking in a game like ML. But I don't know AOV enough to comment on that, so. I would say the strategy is different, but it's it's okay. certainly there is macro and there is, I think, more than Mobile Legends, you get punished for mispositioning, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, like, Mobile Legends anyway. is not a competitor. It's just a kid's game, right? But yeah, let's move on. It's just like, I You're play gonna, Roblox. But, literally, yeah. you, you live in Southeast Asia. Somebody will come to your home at some point. You're going to wake up and there's I'm just going to be DDoS. a Mobile Legends poster plastered over <laughs> your roof, right above your eyes when you wake up. They didn't take anything. They just put the poster. When you tweet about this episode, someone's going to comment below with my IP address. <laughs> but it's fine. We'll listen. It's fine. You're not at home right now. They can break into your <laughs> Tell me about your match. Okay. Week. Okay. So these are the last two teams. It's a match between the last two teams to make it into the Vietnam WCS main qualify main circuit i don't know what they're calling it it's so confusing main stage i think it's called yeah they call it main stage or whatever group stages there we go so these are the last two teams to make it in star of king knight and as esports i'm not joking about the name their name is actually star of king knight so these two teams i believe as was expected to make it in as one of the three teams to qualify they got knocked down to the lower bracket but star of king knight on the way here actually knocked out one of the tournament favorites and i think the group stage number one team as well in death note gaming so these two teams they were decking it out uh it's a bloodbath of a match i it's a cool name death note gaming is not a bad name <laughs> yeah sure let me just uh launch my esports team digimon gaming <laughs> i'll be attack on titan gaming and we can all get sued together <laughs> okay uh, it's actually it falls under a fair use ah there we go because in the in the youtube video below the announcement post mm -hmm. i wrote uh i do not own this work and the name yeah digimon okay. is the right holder of <laughs> you're giving them free press but that's fair enough um, exactly, it's advertised. Yeah, so AS Esports, they came in as, I would say they were a little bit of the favorites, but Star of King Knight, because they knocked out the number one team, there were a lot of eyes on them. Uh, quick side note, one of the teams to also qualify, Royal Palace, they qualify for the main stage. Their Baron laner is Unero, formerly of SBTC. So Ooh. they were not favored to make it in. They were like, oh, people were putting them maybe fourth, maybe fifth. Some people had them upsetting, but they 3 old Death Note Gaming in the upper bracket to qualify directly. So it's going to be quite exciting to see what this Royal Palace roster can pull out. Unero has been playing very solid, but against weaker opponents as well. So back to the main point here. Star of King Knight against AS Esports. What does that really say about this match? It's an absolute bloodbath. It was a complete... Sh when I sent you this match, I actually okay, used it I, as a shit No, test. 
I'm not going to let you get past this. I need to set the stage <laughs> for the audience. So ASE run the Vain Lulu composition yes. in their bottom line, uh, which is a Western special. And no, if you've wait, been what? watching WNS, they don't blind pick it. That's the thing. They don't blind pick it. They see Jana, then they go. Let Vain Lulu. me finish. <laughs> I have to defend so, them. They draft the Vain Lulu composition, and if you've been watching the WNS, you will know how I feel about this. Which is, it's fine if you can escort it to the late game, but it's very vulnerable to lane push, right? Yeah. It's very vulnerable to getting shoved during the early game. Your junglers should just go down there and bully them. And if you do that, then it's not a problem. Uh, and and they do, I'll give them credit, realize that they're playing into a Janna and they think they can get away with it. What happens next is truly incredible, though. Because rather than <laughs> rotating down to fight it, yeah. their Janna somehow off-camera runs into this vain Lulu comp and loses the trade and has to reset. <laughs> uh their AD carry, the Ezreal, thinks, okay, well, I better reset as well, leaving the Vayne player to just free farm and the Lulu to roam. And you might be like, that's insane. They've already lost the game. Rather than rotate back down to that bottom lane uh, or simply boost the lane that's now winning, the team that drafted Vayne, the team that drafted Fiora, Vayne, Lulu, and Zed, yes, he's all late-game characters decides to team fight for the top scuttle crab yes. rather than the scuttle crab <laughs> on the bottom side of the map that they do have control over because they've just won the bottom lane for free and their win condition is in the bottom lane because they have a vein that's now free farming and is like 200 gold ahead so instead they opt to fight for the top scuttle crab against a set lane uh, and i have written in my notes it does not go well it, it does not go well, but the crazy thing is it very nearly does. And Toxic Way on this Darius, he so nearly double kills them at the end here. But I think to go back to your initial point of how insane it is that that like this whole skirmish happens, to put it into context, at 2 minutes 20 in the game, Ezreal gets a kill in top lane. He just goes across the wall from bot lane to top lane and gets a kill there at 2 minutes 20. And I think if you guys watch the replay and you look at the fight at 2 minutes 20, you see the Toxic Way very nearly pops off and kills them both here. And he pops off in the rest of the game as well. I think mechanically, these guys are just playing close to perfect. Absolutely. These, the, this level one team fight in the top scuttle crab between a late game scaling team who instigated a fight uh, on the opposite side of the map from their win condition who is free farming near a scuttle crab that they could have gotten for free <laughs> against an early game character such as Set. That yes. team fight was incredible mechanically. Yes, it was. Those players are sick gamers. However, <laughs> and I cannot stress this enough, in that moment, they had a single brain cell that was bouncing between all of them, and they couldn't agree who should have it, so they just left it in the fountain somewhere, and... <laughs> They all died and very nearly lost off of that. But then the next, the next like fifteen minutes of the game are just one rolling constant team fight, which means that by the time they get to fifteen minutes, nobody really has a lead, and the Vayne comes online, and the Darius has gotten turbo fed, yeah. and he executes a brilliant team fight. And I have written at the eight minute mark in my notes, just all caps. Now we're gaming. <laughs> There's this huge random team fight in mid over absolutely nothing. The, it starts when the Zed hard commits under a turret to kill Janna. Mm -hmm. And then Protobelt set Protobelt's forward to find vision for SN to launch an Ezreal true shot down onto the low HP Zed, who they then kill. But then they overcommit chasing that kill onto the Zed, whoever committed underneath the turret, and the Darius comes down and just kills everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
You, you put it perfectly. And if that sounded insane to you, that's basically the match. And it's just that for like 15 minutes, and at the end of it, the Darius is very large, because it turns out Darius likes when it's one giant team fight for 15 minutes. Yes. Well, um, I'm going to put this into context, right? Because it's it might sound like I'm coping hard right now, but it's genuinely a thing. So Chinese teams have a phrase that they use. Uh, I don't know how it would translate into English, because the the... the the minutia, I don't know how, what the connotations of the phrase, I guess, is what makes it, right? So the direct translation is mechanics, but the, the connotations of the phrase is also like mechanics check, trust your mechanics, test the limits and see what you can do here. And this is a very common thing in PC. This is a very common thing in mobile. And I know for a fact Vietnamese teams have their equivalent of it as well. Uh, and I can guarantee you that these players were 100% saying the, this, this phrase throughout the game. They were just mechanics testing, limit testing, and against a lesser team, either one of these teams would take. Yeah. I mean, this is a strategy that bullies teams that are mechanically weaker than you. This is yes. a team that this is a strategy that bullies teams who have worse communication. Than you. Yeah, pretty because much. Because team fights at this pace are all about moving your players across the map so that you can receive them with equal uh, uh, player counts. They're all about being able to communicate in these hectic team fights where there is never a straightforward front-to-back team fight. There are always just 10 players in no particular order in the same genre of map. <laughs> um, and that, like, requires a lot of team play to handle. So yeah. I don't want to, like, make it a all-hands-no-brain analysis of this. But at the same time, a Korean approach to the game eats this alive, right? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. If we, if we saw Horizon Cup KT Roadster play against either of these teams... They wouldn't make a dent. <laughs> but the crazy thing to me is that ASE actually adapted throughout the game, which is what I like to see. So they kept taking these messy team fights. They realized it, it's not always going our way. It's we're kind of trading evenly. But the key player here is Y1. He realizes at some point in the game that these team fights are not working. And instead of translating their side lanes to mid lane and looking for, to force fights into Ezreal, Janna, and mid, they start playing really well towards side lanes. And you look at how Y1 shadows both mm -hmm. his Baron laner and his mid laner, and they take down both tier, tier 2 top and bot turrets this way. It, it's clear to see that they're thinking about the game and they're adapting about it. I mean, like, I'm just, as I say this, I'm watching him force on a Janna and mid, like, for no reason again. But he does <laughs> adapt throughout the, throughout the match, which is, which is something. Yeah. It at some point during the game, as he realized that they have Fiora Zed Darius. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's just a split-pushing nightmare. They're just always in sidelines yes. pushing constantly. Um, yeah. And and I had a couple of just broader notes. Uh, Fiora, I heard this note from some NA players, but this kind of underscored it. Fiora sure does counter-set. That, that really is a very good matchup for the Fiora. Yes, yes, um, it is. And also Polymorph is... I, I experienced this a little bit because I've been playing a decent amount of Braum recently, and the best pick into Braum, I think, is Lulu, because you can just polymorph him while he shields and then bully him. Um, and I think polymorph yeah. might be kind and of underrated well, as yeah. a kill ability. As an aggressive tool? Yeah, because there are a couple of moments here where, like, KSU steps too far forward and just gets polymorphed and dies. Um, and, and I was kind of curious to yeah. see the Lulu because Vietnamese teams play so aggressively and I don't think Lulu is very good for those sorts of compositions. And I don't think it is here. The couple times we see wild growth, it does basically nothing. But I do think that polymorph is kind of interesting, and I, I would be curious to see compositions built around use of that. I think the, the Lulu here, it does a couple of things, right? Like, the polymorph is great into, especially Kha'Zix's Diana, but it's also really good at just, like, doing what Lulu does best, like, buffing everyone else. I think it, it fits the game very well here. And also, like, he has a free lane, so... Yeah. 
Um, and eventually this game ends in a way that I super like as well. ASE are... Uh, they, they have a winning team fight because their Darius has gotten super big. Mm -hmm. And they realize this and just start the Baron. And it's what I yeah. always say. I you yeah. heard, if you watch the Horizon Cup, you heard me say it a thousand times. What are they going to do? Fight you? And <laughs> this is why I love watching Vietnamese mobile esports teams because they get this. And they yes. start the Baron and they give their opponents two choices. You either fight them and lose or you lose to Baron and they choose to fight and they lose and the game's over. Yeah. So so it's a it's a I don't know what the name of this graph is. It's the kind of graph where it's basically a roller coaster. You go low, high, low, right? So the smallest brain play is we don't want to start Baron. Oh, we want to start Baron because we haven't considered the possibilities of like them stealing it, etc. We don't do the prep, we just start Baron, YOLO it. Then the sm the middle of the roller coaster where it starts spiking up. It's like, okay, let's not do Baron because we control the game this way. But when you get to the end of the roller coaster and the highest, like, big brainest situation possible, it's like, let's start Baron because we've accounted for the possibilities. If they come, we can turn. We can ensure they can't steal it, etc., etc. All the prep is done. And I'm not saying that this game is that, but it's close to it. You're describing a par parabolic chart, like a parabolic line I graph. couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> let me let me go and find a graphic. You're also describing about. the galaxy brain meme where, like, the first galaxy yeah. brain is just, like, a normal human head, and it's like, yeah. rush Baron, end game! And then the last one is, what are they going to do? Fight us? LMAO. <laughs> exactly. Um, wonderful. So that, of course, is the WCS qualifier, the last chance for Vietnamese teams to qualify for the upcoming SEA Super Season. I don't know what they're calling it, but sure. <laughs> should be, should, they should use Super Region. That's, I'll give them that for free. Uh, you can find the link to the game should you want to watch it yourself, and I do recommend it in the show notes. We're trying something new this week, Leonard, and that is I'm building space into the show. So we're going to take a really quick break, and we're going to come back with the power rankings after this. Things get a little chaotic out there every week, so we like to restore a little bit of order to the world. I brought some things for us to sort this week. Let's power nice. rank the worst solo queue teammates by character, Omo. So, what I mean Ooh. by this is you're in, you know this instantly, right? You're in the draft, and you see someone lock in a blank, and you go, oh, we're going to lose this game. So, power ranking, with one being the character you least like to see locked in, uh, and five being a character that you like, I want to say most want, but you know, you're you're the most okay with being locked in. They might be good. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? You should go first. Give me a second to think about this. Top to bottom. Character. Top. So number one, again, is the character I least want to see. Mm -hmm. If I see anyone lock in a Katarina, I yep. like immediately leave the game. Okay. Dodge. Gotcha. Same for Yasuo. He's number two. <laughs> Lux, a little bit of a side pick yes. coming in at number three. Uh, and then currently set, I don't trust any of you to run set in my games. Okay. Get out of here. I know he's good, but none of you know how to play him. You keep building Trinity Force on him. <laughs> uh, and then number five is Draven. I have never met a Draven player that does anything ever, and I don't particularly want to. Wait, so one is the one that you want in your team? No, one is the one I want the least. Okay, and then five is the one that so, you don't want, but... Katarina legitimately consider closing the app when I see a Katarina okay. locked in. Gotcha. 
Draven, I don't know, I can work around it. He'll sit at the back of the team fights and do nothing, but it'll yeah. be fine. Okay, Roger. Understood. Okay. All right, you, one to five. So I gotta put a disclaimer first, where I'm talking about this from the perspective of a jungler, so I'm not gonna include jungler, jungle champion. Um, well, I guess I could, like, when it's on my... Uh, but I dumpster everyone, regardless of what they play. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Um, on my team, I do not want to see Lux players. They're always AFK. Like, they are not playing the game, I swear to God, half the time. Like, they never look at their minimaps, they never move from their lanes, and they're just like... I agree! Yeah, like, Lux players are AFK half the time, I and swear to God. If you're playing if you're playing dual lane with them, they are the most likely of any pick to be stealing your CS. Yeah. And I know as a jungler that if my mid laner is a Lux, I'm alone. Like, I have no mid laner. I've played at Emerald with Luxes stealing my CS. Yeah, it's just... With, like, auto attacks, not even, like, the spell misses. At Emerald, I'm the AD carry, they're stealing my CS with auto attacks. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what they're doing half the time. I'll be honest with you. Um, Next up, it would be probably... It's a close one between Irelia and Yasuo. Because no one can play these champions. And their numbers are not good enough that you can just face roll. So champs like Fiora, Jax, you can kind of face roll because your numbers are good enough. But if you pick Yasuo and Irelia... Okay, you know what? I'm going to put Yasuo at 2, Irelia at 3. If you pick these champions and you're not like insane at them, you can't just face roll. And you're just going to go like 0 and 10. Okay. Um, number 4 and four. 5? Oh, number 4. Ezreal, probably. Ooh. Like, I've not seen an Ezreal do anything in any of my games. And we were kind of talking about these, these, this. These guys don't auto-attack. Oh, you know what? I'm going to remove Ezreal. I'm going to replace it with Caitlyn. I don't know if you can tell, but I hate AD carry mains. Like, why are you playing Caitlyn in a solo queue game? That's just like asking to lose, isn't it? And five? Oh, I don't know. It's so difficult. I want to include so many champions, but I can only pick one. Oh... Probably... I knew this prompt would get you excited. Yeah, you can tell I'm worked up right now. I don't know why. Like, I don't think they're bad, and I feel like they're looking at the map half the time. But I don't know why, but Seraphine mains seem like psychopaths half the time. Like, they are legitimately crazy. <laughs> I do have Seraphine... Like, like, like they're toxic as sh Like, you're playing Seraphine. Why are you toxic, bro? I play her a decent amount, and I don't know if that confirms or denies here. <laughs> no, like, they're just crazy toxic. But I changed my mind, actually. I'm going to replace Seraphine with Sona. Number five is going to be Sona. Ooh. Because she just does nothing for, like, 15 minutes. And if she hasn't lost the game by 15 minutes, she's a, she just instantly wins because her W is so broken. So I, I'd like to, before we get in, because, of course, the way this works is we do need to now make a list that we both agree on. Okay, let me type Do you want to give some honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. I think Vi is useless. Okay. I was gonna mine was Kale, because Kale is like a good good enough character, especially in solo queue, that they're usually like it's mm -hmm. fine, it's whatever, yep. it's a net positive for the team. But Kale players have yes. no thoughts. They're like golden retrievers. They're just Yeah. <laughs> floating forward. <laughs> I, I actually considered Kale, but the reason I didn't put her in the list was because like you said, right? In solo queue, she just AFKs for fifteen minutes and then she just wins. But the players have no thoughts. Their heads are empty. Oh yeah, 100%. Also, new new players. And I think part of that is just the character is very bad right now, yeah. but also they like to go very fast with the snowball and they just show up in your lane and die to the enemy later and then they do it again in two more minutes. <laughs> what's, that, it's, what's that mean? Uh, Want to see me do this? Want to see me roll a snowball down your lane? Want to see me do it again? It's just, it's just that meme over and over. <laughs> Just watching him fly down the lane at Mach 10. <laughs> it's a SpongeBob me. <laughs> okay, we need to agree. I think I think we can find common ground here because I'm looking at a team list. I think we can find common ground between Lux and Yasuo. So 
So which do you think yes. goes first? Fair. Locked players, 100%. They should right. not play the game. I put them one for sure. And it, it's especially bad because like when I'm playing AD carry, I know that I don't have a support and that lane is just lost. Yes. yes. When I'm playing jungle, I know I don't have a mid. I know I don't have a support. Same thing. It's it's un unplayable sometimes. Uh, Yasuo, for me, should be very near the top here because the champion is bad and the players are bad. Yes. And they always think they're good, so... All right. Then we've got a little bit of a disagreement. I think Katarina ought to be very high up this list. Because Katarina oh. as a champion only works if you have an ego large enough to believe that nobody on the enemy team will think about stunning you. Yes, but at the same time, there are some really good Katarina players in solo queue. I watched a player draft Katarina into Leona. And <laughs> well, if that that's isn't the, thing. the height of, like, personal ego, I don't know what is. They're one tricks. It's it's all they do. They will pick that champion regardless of what they see. They'll see an Alistair Leona and they'll still pick it. No, it's just it's just You're the nature of me one tricks. Katarina here. Because I think Katarina is a coin flip that sometimes goes hits. I think a lot of these champions are like tails all the time. But Katarina can still give you hits like thirty percent of the time. Well yeah, but at like number three, that feels about right. Are you are you arguing that any of your champions are hundred percent mm. failures? Yeah, sauna players. Like, they just stumble into a win. Okay, but that's that's in the same category as Kale players for me. Which yes, is true. It is I, the same. Yeah, you're not good, but you'll eventually be useful. Yes, it is the same. I do agree. Okay, and, how and about Kale? sometimes they land big stuns. Kale players don't even do that. Sometimes yeah, Sonobans I've never seen a land a stun that wins you a team fight. Yeah. Sorry? I, I, yeah, I've never get, been outed by a Kale on my team. Like, they always out themselves, 100% of the time. <laughs> No, they, I have been altered by a Kale, but it's always when I'm playing, like, a Moomoo or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, max HP a Moomoo, and they're like, they're gonna get that ult, buddy. And I'm like, why? Damage, I guess. <laughs> they're like, that 1 HP, panic ultic, B the Moomoo, 5 meters in front of them, full HP. <laughs> okay, how about Caitlyn? Because I've genuinely never seen a Caitlyn win a game. Like, never. They're good in North America, at least, because they have such ranged harass that they just outpoke their lanes. Okay, that's fair then. Um, I could compromise on a Katarina tree, but you have to put Sona kill somewhere for five. Sona or kill, because I think they're the same champ. <laughs> it's the same group of players. Yeah. They're just, they got auto-filled to support when they tried to queue top. Genuinely, yeah. Um, I'll give you... Because I'm kind of charmed by the kill players, though. Because when I said they were like golden retrievers, they are like golden retrievers, you know? I don't know about that <laughs> got one, no thoughts, But they're kind of adorable. I don't know why, but I've seen some pretty toxic kale players. Just like I've seen some I see, toxic... I have chat off, so I don't... Okay. They could be the most vile human beings. I don't know. Okay, yeah, might be the case then. I just anthropomorphize them as golden retrievers, <laughs> and I find them kind of adorable. They do... They flash forward into the middle of four players oh and insta-die under yeah. turret, and I'm like, oh, baby, you poor... <laughs> oh. Okay, cat three, kale four. We can do that. Katarina three, kale four. I'll give you kale five. Okay, then what's four? We have to make room for set players. <sighs> Ah, uh, you know what? You're right. I've seen some pretty shit sets. I have never seen someone run it down with the violence and speed that I've seen sets do over the last couple of weeks. Which is insane because it's a really hard champion to run it down with. Yeah, he's got so much regen. He's and so just like, damn tanky, dude. And I'm going to lose this lane to Renekton no matter how many times I get ganked. You're right, by the way. I just I just thought about the fact that these set players never press W and it triggers me so much. Okay, we can put set 4. <laughs> 
<laughs> or they ulted and then immediately press yeah. their haymaker yeah. button. It's not that hard, guys. <laughs> like, I don't know. Okay, we can agree on that. The so way what's works, the list, DJ? Gang, if you're listening, gang, the way it works is the more damage you take, then the more shielding you get when you press the haymaker button. So if you ult it and then immediately oh, you press the haymaker button. don't even think about that. <laughs> no, TJ, that's the thing. You don't even need to consider these things. You just need to look at the bar. When the bar full and yellow, you press W. It's that simple. If I say, I just watched a set, ult... Facebreaker, Haymaker, and then die. You can visualize that in your head because it's happened to you. Oh yeah, many times. Like under a turret too, where there's just no conceivable way it's in any way a positive play, but they saw a big tank and they were like, I'm gonna go. Yeah, 100%. And I've seen sets get ran down. It's critically important the to our team that I ult this Leono <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's a dopamine thing. I get it. But yeah, I'll put them at four. <laughs> So I, you know what? I'm actually coming back around. I want to bump the set up a bit. I think we I think could do that. I'm happy to swap set, set Katarina Kale. Okay, I'm happy with that. Oh yeah. Okay. So in order, insta dodge. If you get Lux, yes, will probably feel bad about your odds of winning. If you get set Katarina, uh, I don't know, be mildly charmed by Kale players. <laughs> the thing is. We say insta-dodge, but we can't because Lux is in, like, every other game. You can't dodge, no. Well, and also, I did yeah. have, uh, and I, I'm not an employee of Riot Games, um, I did have one night where I had three games in a row. I was queuing into Duo. I was just playing Phil, and I kept getting queued into Duo. Three games in a row, I got matched with a Lux who stole my CS, and they were different players every time. They're the same player, TJ. That's the thing. They, they stole my CS, they entered the lane, and I got to the mid-game with, like, no gold, and that's miserable on AD carry. And I had been dove the entire time, and I queued into that fourth match of the night. I was like, it's not going to happen again. And I got randomly filled into duo lane again, and my support locked in uh, uh, Lux, and I just closed the app. I, think... I just hit the home <laughs> button on my phone, and I went to bed. At some point after game two or game three, you should have just queued for a different role, surely. I was queuing Phil! Yeah, just put something duo else. Duo is, like, the most popular role. Really? Yeah, it's, like, mid, then duo, then top, I think. And I kept huh. getting queued into duo, and the odds of that are incredible. Normally, it's, like, 100% jungler support. Okay, because I'm not sure about mobile, because I never kill queue Phil on mobile, but I, I noticed that bot lane is the least popular role on PC. Bot lane and support. Oh, no, support. it's 100% jungle. Huh. Okay, interesting. Because nobody nobody wants to play jungle because you get yelled at by everyone. That's why you just mute everyone and play farm jungle. That's the meta is so good now. The meta is so good to just ignore your teammates. They just nerfed you. They just took away Mastermind. What are you going to do? I, I don't think it makes a difference when I'm playing in Emerald. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I always say. People always come into my chats and they're like, do you think this character is meta? And I'm like, for solo queue? And they say, yeah. And I go, it doesn't matter. Play what you want. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop being a nerd. Get pick a character. Get good at them. Have fun. Well, I mean, I am a meta slave, even in solo queue. But yeah, I think just play what you like. Really. Uh, the LCS podcast has a segment called Report and Honor, which I rather liked, and because we're wild over here on Wild Rift, I stole it. It's slightly different here because in Wild Rift we report and then thumbs up things. Yep. But it is that simple. Leonard, do you have anything you would like to report? I think I've been complaining the whole day, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna skip the report function today. Okay, I mean that's that's very good. That's what I do. The rest of my team is like, this guy ran it down, and I'm like, I don't really care. 
<laughs> what are the odds? There's a couple hundred thousand people playing the game. What are the odds that I ever match with this dude again? Exactly, I mean. <laughs> Let's balance it out. Give me a thumbs up. We went so off the rails here. I told you before we started, right? What was that again? Ah, wait. Uh, I, I have in my notes Set and Yumi Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so players who are fig who are slowly figuring out how to play new champs. So like Set, Yumi, Kale, Chase, I think are the big four because for like months, for like a month plus, you guys have been terrorizing my solo queue games. But I think you guys are gradually getting better. So I'll give you a thumbs up. But I also want to add a caveat here that these champions have been out for like 10 years in late PC. So like, Go and watch a YouTube video about how to play those champions before you play it in solo queue, please. Okay, but this was supposed to be positive, so you guys are getting better, so keep it up. But please. I've never seen a Yumi in my games, ever, in ranked. Okay, I've seen one. Oh, quick side note, let me put this out there, because, like, Yumi is new to Wild Rift. Guys, please pick up your Yumis. I don't think Yumi's any good. I was doing some testing. Well, I, don't I, mean, think she's, I don't think she's any good. I don't care, because I play Jax, and if the Yumi writes me while I go in, then I'm happy. But the, the healing isn't good enough, because the DPS the, the DPS is so much higher in Wild Rift, relatively. Yeah, but the out is... in PC, the speed, boost is a, the speed boost is a huge factor, but everyone already moves so fast in Wild Rift. Those are fair points. I, I, I was, we were running some tests, and I just don't think Yumi matter. And, and the other thing is, like, supports actually do so much damage in Wild Rift teamfights. Just being down a player is actually now that I think about it, what does Yumi build? Well, she builds Ardent Sensor, but Ardent Sensor like sucks in Wild Rift. But I feel like you should go AP item, but I can't think of an AP item for Yumi to build. What's the what's the Soul Stealer that lets you? Oh, run? yes, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but genuinely, because you don't build Roa, you wouldn't build Archangel Siege Jar. Oh, no shot. I don't She's even... the character that should be building a Starly Seed job. TJ, I don't even know what that item does. Unless you take those plants and honey fruit and replant them on other parts That's of the map. That's actually pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool. I know. But the I've, thing is, it's I've never run it, but I always look at it and I'm like, I should build that. I should figure yeah. out what that's about. But the stats are completely useless. Armor and MR, like, you, it's useless. Right. So, hear me out. Yumi doesn't need those stats because she's always in somebody's pocket. Yeah. So she's the yeah, character that should be running Starly Seed Jar because then you can have like reoccurring pockets where she's sitting on somebody in their pocket and in her pocket is a blast cone. Right, but like you just spend like 2,000 gold on 90 resistance that you're never going to use. So? <laughs> you mean he's never going to use any of her other stats? No, but if you buy, that's why you buy AP. That's why I feel like Yumi buys AP in Wild Rift. No, I swear to God, Yumi should buy AP in Wild Rift. We have to wrap this up. I refuse. Remember the other show when I started talking about North America at the end of the podcast and you were like, you're going loopy. This is me to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I feel like there's just no good items right now as well. That's part of the problem. There's no good items for any enchanters. It's rough out there. Harmonic Echo. Harmonic Echo probably, yeah. My thumbs up is North American teams, like I said, they've gotten a lot better during the off-season <laughs> and the conversations that I've been having in North America over the last week have uh -huh. like really impressed me, the way the teams are working. So they gave me hope, they made me believe. That's that's a premium-grade North American teams right there. Uh, I mean, hopium, all right. Yeah. Let's get I it. I found my hopium supplier. I want to <laughs> give them a thumbs up. All right, let's fucking go. <laughs> I mean... Agree to disagree, right? But nice. <laughs> That's my thumbs up. That's episode two of TJ and Oma's Wild Rift Podcast. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts app. 
Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers as well. You can find more information at esportstj.com. For now, don't you dare play Lux.